All right, welcome everybody to the uh, first episode of the Supply Media Podcast. I'm very excited to get started with this. Now, today we're going to be talking about Frank Ocean. Now, normally, I'm going to be mainly talking about movies and TV. However, I'm a big Frank Ocean fan, not a stan, but a fan. And so we are going to be talking about uh, some music today. I will cover some music in the future, but I won't be going out of my way necessarily to cover a lot of music, as I generally am more interested in movies and TV. So I think what I'll do is I'll start off from the beginning, well, what I consider the beginning. Uh, I'm not doing anything on Odd Future or uh, any previous mixtapes that Frank released solo, mm-hmm. or even the unreleased miscellaneous songs that he put out. What I will be doing is, I think, starting off with Nostalgia Ultra, moving on to Channel Orange, moving on to Endless, and then finishing up with Blonde. So I'll also put timestamps in the description if you're just wanting to hear a specific album. If you want to listen to whatever order you like, just jump around in the timestamps from album to album, or just listen to one album, depending on what you want to listen to. Otherwise, stay tuned for the whole podcast. Nostalgia Ultra is the mixtape that put Frank Ocean as a solo artist on the map. It was the introduction to him for a lot of his fans, as many hadn't heard of him or Odd Future. While it is technically a mixtape, this thing is an album. It is highly cohesive, with a clear vision and style. It starts off with a Coldplay cover of Strawberry Swing, and I much prefer Frank's version of it. That could be my preference to his voice, and my general distaste of Coldplay, but nevertheless, it is a strong opener. Novocaine might be the best song on the project, but it's in some tough competition, especially with the song Swim Good. The song topic of having sex while high is not one I generally really care about, but the way Frank writes and his method of storytelling is fantastic. His tale of a girl learning dentistry and paying for it through porn is where he ties in the title of the song to the story and describes the feeling of a strong numbness in terms of love and reciprocation. This tying in with Swim Good as he contemplates the hurt he has inflicted on women in the past while not feeling the same emotion until the hurt reaches him too. We All Try is a solid entry with his affirmations of what he believes and what he doesn't. But the line, I don't believe our nation's flag is on the moon, has always stuck out to me, and I've never really understood what he means by it, as I imagine it means something deeper than he thinks they faked the moon landing. Songs for Women is a double-edged sword about his ability to use music to engage easily with women, but it's also what pushes them away. It has a catchy, rhythmic instrumental, with the majority of it relying on the drum section. Love Crimes is just as catchy, while Frank talks about his reckless behaviour, even saying, I plead insanity, to the Love Crimes and to the murder he sings about later. One of my favourite songs on the album is There Will Be Tears. It really makes you connect with the pain he had growing up without a present father, and you'd be hard-pressed not to feel emotional while listening to it. He almost makes me feel like my dad was absent growing up, and if anything, he was around too much. I know American Wedding is a fan favourite, but it's honestly never really done that much for me. Not saying it's bad by any means, of course, but I never go out of my way to listen to it out of the context of the album. To finish it to the album Nature Feels uses the MGMT electric feel instrumental, while Frank rewrites the lyrical portion of the song while maintaining much of its melody, especially in the chorus. It's a highly sexual song, with the cherry tree and especially the baby girl lyrics being real earworms. I love this project. It's his true debut album, and I'm here for it. You can also see in retrospect how he's developed his sound over the past decade from this position. Overall, I'll give it an 85 out of 100. Channel Orange is the debut studio album by Frank Ocean. However, I personally think of it as his second album, as Nostalgia Ultra is way too cohesive to be considered as a traditional mixtape. It opens with probably Frank's most accessible song, Think About You. If you don't know this song, I'd be shocked. It's much simpler in its writing style compared to most of his other tracks, however that isn't necessarily a bad thing, as it is simpler without it being dumbed down like you'd expect maybe a Britney Spears song to be. 
The melody of this song is one of the catchiest in the track listing, and in almost eight years, hasn't got annoying at all. While I can appreciate what Frank was doing through the next few songs, I'm not a huge fan. Fertilizer is genuinely annoying, and I can't sit through it. I like Sierra Leone when he sings the name of the song, but luckily it picks back up for me on Sweet Life and Super Rich Kids a couple of tracks later. His perspective on rich kids and their life is somewhat amusing to listen to, but most importantly, the sound and song structure is actually enjoyable with a fantastic appearance from Earl Sweatshirt. When I first heard Sweet Life and didn't delve into it deeply, its vibe and style had me thinking it was just a sweet, summery-sounding song. However, as generally with Frank, there's a bit more to it. He's exploring his concern with rich people living in their own world and not seeing the outside world for what it really is. A somewhat plea for action for those with the means to do something about the struggles of society, but don't. Pyramids, of course, is the gem of this album. Well, in my opinion, anyway. In what world would I want to listen to a 10-minute song, I thought when I saw it? This one, I realised. This song is epic. The build through the first minute to the hard-hitting synth pattern is one hell of a way to start the song. The transition halfway through the song to the reimagined instrumental is all fantastic. Lyrically, Frank explores his concerns with regards to disrespect of black women from beginning as Cleopatras or queens to highly disrespected by those around them today. He also alludes to treachery in his love life, being tied back to Cleopatra and other aspects like prostitution. Lost is a conceptual song that is extremely enjoyable about the cyclical nature of the drug trade and being lost in a never-ending cycle while looking to a normal life in the future. The quirky instrumental is insanely catchy, and the song as a whole is a real standout on the record. This album ends extremely strong with Bad Religion, Pink Matter, and Forrest Gump. Give me some Andre 3000 any day, especially when it's on a song like this. And Forrest Gump, I thought was the weirdest thing I'd heard in the world, and I was in disbelief I was hearing a song picturing Tom Hanks with an accent. This is the song that people made a big deal about when it came out because he talks about his love for a man, but whatever, I don't care what he does with his love life. Just give me more than one Frank album every decade. While I feel there are a few lower points in this album, and it's not the most cohesive project in the world, it's an incredibly strong debut, and I've listened to it on and off for the past eight years, and I can't see myself getting sick of it anytime soon. Overall, I'd give it an 88 out of 100. Endless is Frank Ocean's visual album, which is technically the follow-up to Channel Orange, as it came out just before his blonde release. The mastering on this thing is some of the best I've ever heard. Its emotional resonance is what you've come to expect from Frank. This album needs to be digested. It just needs to be. I at first was underwhelmed when I didn't realise that Blonde was the true follow-up, and going in, my expectations were through the roof, as I'd waited four years for a new Frank Ocean album. The visual album also used to be seemed to break him free of his contract with Def Jam before he dropped his main release. That being said, it's incredible. It's not some cheap album even if it seems so at first. Originally, the track Slide On Me and the Isley Brothers cover, opener to the album, At Your Best You Are Love, was the only thing that stuck out to me. I was left a little disappointed. But something drew me back in. And when you listen to this album as one entire listen, instead of single tracks, it really shines. One track perfectly bleeds into the next, while beautiful moments like Hublots stick out with repeat listens as the ambience of the project washes over you. While I enjoyed the visual aspect to the album, I would recommend not watching it for at least the first few listens, as it's distracting and hinders the ability to really engage with the sonically beautiful atmosphere that is created 
and really listen to the lyrical content. This album's style of release also made it criminally underrated. No audio-only version was released, with the separation of tracks, and if I remember correctly, the original track listing was even out of order. The vinyl release, and the work by the lovely people on the internet, to provide an album with individual tracks has also helped the cementing of my absolute love for this album. It is an album that is cohesive, conceptual, beautifully written, and it is a beautifully constructed project. My favourite tracks would still be At Your Best You Are Love and Slide On Me, but also other highlights are Comme des Garçons, Hublots and Rushes. Does that mean I don't like the others? Definitely not especially as the album really shines as an album it's an entire listen, not relying on individual pieces. Overall, I'd give Endless an 82 out of 100. Bond. This album had absolutely massive hype when it came out. The amount of people that were screaming, oh, where's my new Frank Ocean album? And everyone thought it was Boys Don't Cry uh, for a while because Frank was trolling everybody online screaming about how he's got two versions and all this stuff on Tumblr, I think it was. For most artists, where Frank had only released one album before, you wouldn't expect that type of hype coming in with a four-year gap. To be honest, most people would often be forgotten about after that amount of time. But Frank is uh, extremely talented, and people who listen to Channel Orange generally went back to Nostalgia Ultra and got really invested in his music and were really waiting for him to come out with his next project. So I'm not going to cover every track in detail, but I think what I'll do is I'll start from the top and I'll work my way through the project. Overall, Blonde is about identity. The way he misspelled Blonde in Apple Music in the title where it was B-L-O-N-D and then on the album cover where it's B-L-O-N-D-E, spellings of the male and the female version of the spelling of the word Blonde, I think is in reference to his identity. Whether he's, he's just identity in general, whether it's what he struggles with loneliness, whether it's the identity of his sexuality, or whether it's the identity of the different perspectives and viewpoints from other people's lives he comes across on this album. I think overall this album is driving home a vision of identity, whether that is his personal identity or whether that is an external identity. So unfortunately, I've got to say, Blonde starts off with my, not my least favourite song in the project, but one of my least favourite, Nikes. I don't mind the version that's had the pitch corrected, However, it's a bit of a nothing song to me, and it does a good job in setting the vibe for the rest of the album, but other than that, I don't really listen to it, I don't think, ever out of the context of the album. And often when I start Blonde, I'll just start it with Ivy. So just first up with the production on this album is absolutely insane. If you look at the big list of contributions, it's a bit unclear who did exactly what all the time and who influenced what part of the music in each song, the interpolations, the production, etc. For Royal Williams, especially on... Uh, pink and white. Absolutely unbelievable production. Now, he's not always fantastic. He does have some low points, like that um, Justin Timberlake album he did recently. Oh, that was awful. However, when Pharrell's on his game, he's really on it. So, Ivy and Pink and White are very, very good songs. Now, these are the more poppy songs. Now, why they're not traditional pop songs by any means, they definitely have the most popular appeal. Ivy is absolutely when beautiful. In, when it comes in with I Thought I Was Dreaming When You Said You Love Me, straight away you're transported into that sort of ambient, relaxing vibe that Frank Ocean provides you. Now, as you can imagine, Ivy explores a failed relationship of uh, Frank's, you know, with his mistakes in his past relationships, etc. So that's how it sort of ties back to Ivy. Because Ivy, as you would probably know, is a somewhat 
poisonous, well, not poisonous, but it's a parasitic plant that uh, when it gets over trees and stuff, it can strangle them. So you're sort of tying this back to the unhealthy relationship. The person Frank's sing, singing about, you know, boy or girl, it appears that they've grown apart. It's right off with he's talking about the unreciprocated love and how he was unwilling to match the emotions of the person who said so that loved him. The relationship, obviously, because of that, was the start of nothing. They ended up separating. So Pink and White, produced by Pharrell, it's, he's a madman. The production on this song is absolutely outstanding. The mixing, everything, it is just crystal clear. And I'm not a huge Beyonce fan, but getting Beyonce on the track just for some unlisted backing vocals... I mean, how many people would actually be able to do that? So it's pretty impressive that Frank is at a point in his career where he's able to do that. Now, the title of Pink and White is actually in reference to the uh, sunset, as Frank paints a picture of him driving with his old friend. As usual, Frank is reminiscing, and as he loves to do, like with Channel Orange, Frank loves tying in colours with certain emotions that he's feeling at certain times. The structure of this song is pretty simplistic. Solo, I think, is one of the best songs on the album. He talks about a lot of aspects of being alone. He is also doing a bit of wordplay in which solo is referring to as being extremely low, so low, meaning when he's discussing his depressing moments and his lonely times. The atmospheric production and the ambience that is created is top tier, and Frank comes in with some beautiful vocals, and there's another R&B great from the album. Skyline 2 is a pretty low point for me. Now, self-control, that, that I think is an extremely underrated song. He's again got those weird chipmunk vocals, but in this song I really do quite like it. When James Blake comes in, oh, it hits your heart, and then there's this sort of angelic choir vocals that radiate out in the background in the second half of the song. It's absolutely unbelievable. And then a fan favourite on the album, Nights, is absolutely fantastic. It actually gets better as the song goes along. And not just before the beats change, about a minute and a half in, the instrumental picks up for me, where it starts a bit slow. And then obviously with that ridiculous beat change, the song then really comes home and the second half of the song is just an absolute pleasure. Then Andre 3000 on the solo reprise is absolutely fantastic. And then it goes into two sort of skits that, I've got to be honest, while they, I sort of understand their point, they're pretty nothing to me. With Pretty Sweet and Facebook Story, I, when I can, I skip through them just because once I've heard them once, I really don't need to hear them again. And then with Close to You, this this song, when I heard it, was like, oh, okay, whatever. However, I feel like it's a wasted opportunity. So obviously, he's doing an interpolation of the Stevie Wonder Close to You. However, there is a live version of Frank performing this song, and it is, it's like a fully developed masterpiece. If you haven't heard it, I'd really recommend you go check it out because it's absolutely fantastic. And the fact that that didn't make it onto the album, I think, is actually quite disappointing. The Close to You fully developed song that Frank Ocean either came up with before or after the album's release is absolutely beautiful and I'd love to hear a studio version of it. Whether he can give that to us as a single or, or whatever, I'd really wish he did that. Then comes up with White Ferrari. So as usual, Frank is coming up with a colour and coming up with a car. Apparently two of Frank's favourite things. Like you look at Nostalgia Ultra with the car on the cover, you look at Channel Orange, Frank loves his colours with his emotions and he loves his classic cars. This song overall really picks up again and sort of, not that it was lacklustre from Pretty Sweet, Facebook Story and Close to You, picks the album back up into really cohesive, beautifully written, fully developed 
songs. And I don't know about you, but the outro on White Ferrari is one of the most beautiful things I think I might have ever heard in my entire life. It is so emotional. Now, I was extremely excited as well to hear this song when it first came out because it's somehow John Lennon was credited on the song. Uh, you later find out that it was just due to the minute reference that he makes to the song here, there, and everywhere. Frank Ocean also put some lovely effects on his voice. But the verse four, so the outro, is incredible. He says the lyrics, I'm sure we are taller in another dimension. You say we are small and not worth the mention. You are tired of moving, your body's aching. We could vacay there, places to go. Clearly this isn't all that there is. Can't take what's being given. But we're so okay here. We're doing fine. Primal and naked. Your dream of walls that hold us in prison. It's just a skull. That's the way I call it. And we're free to roam. Now, when I read that out to you, that doesn't sound like much. However, the way that Frank sings it and the way the guitar is basically backing him up and the instrumental is very minimal, it is extremely beautiful while emotionally resonant and somewhat painful. If you haven't listened to the outro or if you don't really know what I'm talking about, give it another listen. It's absolutely brilliant. Siegfried is another fantastic song on the album. Again, very cohesive with the style of song on the uh, rest of the album. Now, at this point, some people might say that the album's a little bit samey, especially with people like, uh, I think it was Joe Budden, who was complaining about the lack of drums on this album, like like, like that really matters, but whatever, whatever he's into, I suppose. But the album can come across, I think, as quite minimal, quite pulled back, and almost like there's nothing there, especially because Frank seems to be mumbling his lyrics a lot more on this album. So if you don't like this album, or you weren't really that blown away by it when you first heard it, don't worry, I think most people were. If you actually sit down with it, listen to the lyrics, and the more time you listen to it, the more you pick up on, you will see the absolute true beauty of this album. Now, the next song, Godspeed, I really think the album should have ended on this song. If the album ended here, I think, other than Nike's, this would be top five albums of the decade, easily. The way it starts with Nike's and ends with Futura Free, it just holds it back a bit, I feel. Godspeed is absolutely fantastic, and it's also been recently used in the trailer for Waves. recently watched that trailer, you already know what that movie's about, based off the instrumental and the vocals from Frank Ocean. It's absolutely insane, the amount of emotional resonance that Frank can create, just by the, the sonically pleasing instrumental and the sonically pleasing sound of his vo vocals. So other than a weak intro and outro, and a couple of somewhat useless skits like Facebook Story, I think that this album is almost perfect. Overall, I'd give it a 92 out of 100. So thanks for tuning in to the first episode of the Supply Media Podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. I'll have a new podcast each week covering a variety of topics. Be sure to share the podcast with at least one of your friends.